Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to teach. We ask you to lead and guide as we as we speak and, and lead and, and show us what we're supposed to be doing. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This verse is a very well-known salvation verse, talked about quite often. But we want to look at it a little closer. First, what is grace? We discussed this several weeks ago and at various times. And the sim simple acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And this is a very simple definition, but if that's all you know, you know more than most people. And it is a good one. It's just simple. Let's look at what the Greek word on this, according to there is. It is merciful kindness by which God, exerting his influence upon souls, turning them to Christ, keeping, strengthening, increasing them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of Christian virtue. Now this is quite a quite a definition. We're going to break it down a little bit. God's merciful kindness. We've discussed this so many times. When Adam and Eve sinned, it did not surprise God. He knew that that was going to happen. And we did, We can't figure out why he would have continued to create them in spite of that. And I've said often, you know, if I was them, knowing the cost it was to redeem us, I'm not sure that I would have done it. But God sees something in us. He has merciful kindness. And it says that he exerts his influence upon us. And this is something that we would not choose God. In our flesh, we desire don't desire God. We want, to, we want to sin. We want to be disobedient. We're not looking to please God in any way, shape, or form. And yet, God influences his loving kindness on us. He wants to make sure that we serve him, but he is the one that brings us to him. We in our sin don't desire God. We desire the sin. The sin. We enjoy sinning. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And before we're saved, there's, there's no desire to please God, and yet he turns us to him. And then why is that? Who is he turning himself to? He's turning us to Christ for salvation. We are saved through Christ and the work of Christ. Christ came to this world to live a perfect life, to take upon himself the sin of the diseases of the world. All the curses that came from Adam and Eve came upon him, upon the cross, and on the cross, the Father turned his back and broke so relationship with the Son. Oh, the power of that love that he had for us. If he took our sin to become sin, to have the Father literally turn away from him. And then he keeps us. It is not us that keeps our salvation. We're not out there trying to work out our salvation, keep our salvation. It is God that keeps us. All he asks is for us to rest in him, to hide in him, so that he is our defender, he is our protector, he is the one that keeps us. We do nothing to keep ourselves because it is all him. That is his grace. He keeps us. He gives us the strength to go forward. He strengthens us. He's the one that strengthens to keep us. When we're faced with sin, he's the one that keeps us out. He's the one that leads us away. And the wonderful news is that he is it. It's all him. It's his grace. He increases us in, in faith. What is faith? Faith is a real simple activity of just keeping God. Keeping him and his word. It's a conviction of the truth that God exists. That God created all things. That 
that Jesus lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for us. And we, we do not generate our own faith. The Word of God tells us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more we get taught the Word of God, the more faith we're going to have. And that is His grace bringing that faith to us. And we want to just look at this. His grace. It builds our knowledge of God. We learn through the Word of God and we gain that knowledge. And it, we look further at that. It gives us affection one for another. The word, we are to build one another up. We're to love one another. We're to be kind. God said that it he, we would, they would know we are his disciples by our love one for another. We've talked often about how when the world tries to, to show a kindness and love, they, they, the first thing we think of is, what is it that you want? I, you've got something, you've got some agenda, you want something. And yet, when Christians show love, it's to just show the love of God one to another and be very kind to each other. Build one another up, edify one another. And when you have somebody that you're having trouble with, you you love them. You don't you don't speak evil against them. You don't tear them down. And it, in the flesh, it's so easy to try to tear people down and to want to cr crush them and hurt them. And yet God is saying, love them. When we have a problem with somebody, it's an opportunity to love and to show God's care. And we just generate that love and, and hope that they're going to do the same. And then we look at the fact that it kindles us to exercise Christian values. Those values that say love and, and kindness and edification, it's all a gift of grace that allows that. And God is the one that exerts that. He is the one that brings us to us. And it says, goes on to say in this verse that we are to, that for by grace are we saved. What is saved? It's the release from the penalty of sin. It's to be made a new creation in Christ, to be empowered to do all his service. But literally saved is to be plucked out of sin and, and the flesh. In the German, I love it because it says that Jesus is the rescuer, which is what Savior means, but we don't recognize that in our English that we turn it into a idea that it is just God working. But we look at this by grace. God has his grace that he gives us. And everything is by grace. We rest in his grace. We rest in who he is because he did the work. He's the one that teaches us. He's the one that lifts us up. He's the one that draws us to him. He's the one that keeps us. He's the one that strengthens us. He's the one that gives us the power to live the Christian life. And it's so much a pro process there that we have to keep in mind that it's him. How can we keep that in mind? We learn his word. We learn what he wants. We follow him. But it is him that does the work. God's grace wins people. God's grace draws people. Oh, that we would draw more into grace because it is so important to learn his grace, to rest in his grace. Everything about it is grace. He came, he did the work, and he draws us. And we want to keep, the flesh wants to say, look what I have done. I, I have done this. I am going forward. And we need to get away from that whole process. It is not us that does it. It is not us that did anything. It is all of what God has done. And then it says in this verse, it goes, and not of ourselves. We do not have any part in this. Whatever we do in the flesh does not please God, does not make God accept us. We look at this, it's grace that saves us. 
And people have trouble with this idea of being only grace and I had nothing to do with it. And this is true that you can sin, you can be the most perfect person, everything you do is perfect and you make one sin, you're guilty. You will head to hell because of one sin. It says, for the wages of sin, singular, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God's plan is that we need him. There are many that want to say, oh, there's lots of ways to heaven, and they want to believe that. And if that is true, then Jesus wasted his time dying for us because there's other ways and we could, that we could have done it. And it is not a true statement. There is one way to God. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And we need to understand that. There aren't multiple ways. There aren't great numbers of ways. There's one way, and that is Jesus Christ. And we need him because of his grace that God bestowed on us. We can come to him through grace and say, God, I am a sinner. I deserve punishment. Take me and I accept your gift. Very simple. Salvation is so simple, but it is nothing that I can do. And even more importantly, as it said in the, in the word grace, he's the one that keeps me. I do not keep myself after salvation. I am still not looking to do works to be saved. Does that mean that I can go out and do whatever I want because I'm because it's not me? Well, in one sense, yes, but that is not how the believer is going to believe is going to act. When we are saved, God, we are a new creation. Christ comes into us. He lives in us. We are put in him, and because we are in him, we will desire to do what he wants. We will be convicted when we do wrong. If we can sin without conviction, then we do not have God in us keeping us. And we need to be able to have that conviction. We live in that conviction and we want to please him. We want to do what's good. Not because it pleases in him and makes us more acceptable to him, but just because we love him and we want to see the smile on his face from obedience. And God says this is what's important for us. Then when we are learning about grace, we won't go out and sin. We won't be wanting to see how far we can go into sin or how close to the edge we can get. We'll want to be drawing closer to God because he's living in us. He's living out of us. He's crucifying our flesh and he's changing us from the inside out. And when people look at us, they'll see the love of God. They'll see his grace. They'll see his mercy and the light that will shine because we are changed from within will draw people. People will look at us and say, I want what they have. They may think that we're weird, that we're strange, and we are. But they will also say, I want what they are. They are at peace. They are, they are kind. They are looking at each other. And then it says, it is the gift of God. Oh, the preciousness of this. God is bringing his salvation. He holds his salvation out to us. And he says, here is my gift for you. I have a gift for you to accept. I don't have to work for my salvation. I don't have to work to keep my salvation because it is a gift. And God gives me this gift of salvation. And when he comes in, he makes me a new creature. He makes me a new person. God in heaven says that we are perfect. The court of heaven says we are perfect because we are in Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ. We are, we are the ones that he looks at. And we want to be able to live and to guide with him and to... to to grow and see him work through us. And again, it is not us. 
He crucifies our flesh. He destroys our flesh. Our flesh is worthless. No good thing dwells in the flesh. No good thing comes from the flesh. God destroys our flesh and he lifts us up. He lives through us. He lives in us. And as, we live, as more and more of him comes to be in control of us, then we live him out of us because he is the one that flows out of us. He does the works and he gives us the rewards, as we've said many times. God's plan is so different from the world. He does all the good works and we get the grace. We get the rewards. We get the, the building in heaven. We get heaven itself because we let him work through us. And he gives us all the rewards from that. And it's a great plan that he has. But it's so different than the world. In the world, we only get rewarded for what we do. And in God's plan, we get rewarded for what he does. Oh, praise God. And now we look at verse 9. And it says that we're, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God does not want any part of us in this whole plan because if it was our if we did it then we would be boasting. We'd be saying, "Look at me. Look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished." Anytime I is in there, we need to look and say, "What is going on?" If I if you hear yourself saying, "Look look what I have done. Look at me. Look at look at how good I am." Examine your life because there is a problem in your life. Because it needs to be, look what God has done. Look what God is doing. Look what God is accomplishing. And we go forward from that. And we lift God up in all that we do. Because it is all his gift. It is a gift. You don't go to a to your Christmas party and get your gifts and say, look at the gifts I got from somebody else. And, I, and look at my gift. Because look at what I have done to generate this gift. No, it is I got the gift from somebody else and somebody gave me that gift. It's look what they gave me. Oh, I got this precious gift from my, my father, my mother, my kids, my brother, my sister. Somebody gave me something and it's not, that's our salvation. It is given to us by God. It is not something that we earned. It is all by grace. God's perfect grace. And we rest in his grace. We rest in that faith that he gives us. It's all because of him. And the more we realize that it's him, the more we can let him work through us because I don't have anything of value. I don't have anything to give him. It's not me that has done anything. It is all God that is doing it, and it is God that will keep it. And why did he do all this? For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship he created us he has made us he when we are saved he makes us a new creation in second corinthians 5:17 we are his he made us he created us he does this new work in us he makes us something that we weren't before we don't go back around to people saying well you just have to take me because this is who i am this is a product of what i've become in all my lifetime no, we are a new creation, a new change, and we release it to God, and we don't live in the past, we live in the present, and God is in us, changing us, and the past is gone. And we get into all this psychology and sociology that says, oh, you've got to examine the past, you've got to lift up, dig that, dig that past up out from under the blood of Christ and really examine it so you can know who I or who you are and what you are, and God is saying, it's dead. Leave it buried. Put it under the blood. Forget it and live in who I am and who 
and who I am making you to be and who you are in Christ. And we want to look at that. We are changed. We are perfect. We are declared perfect. We are being made righteous. We are being sanctified. And God says, live in that truth. Do not go back into the past and dig up the old man and say, well, this is why, you know, my mom did this, my dad did this, my uncle did this, my brother did this, I, I, I did this on this. No, forget it. It's covered. It's under the blood. It's gone. And live in Christ. Live in the power of the new creation with God living in you, with the flesh dead and God living out of you, being changed. Don't live in the past. Don't dig up the past. Don't remember your past. Don't remember other people's past. That doesn't mean you let people cheat you and you misuse you, but you don't treat them after the way that they deserve. You treat them in the love of God and watch God work in their life as he changes them. We are to be changed by God. We are to sit under God. We are to be defended by God. And when the storms come, when the trials come, we run into Christ, our defender, our fortress, our shield, our protector. It's all in the Psalms that David said so often. We are, he is our fortress, and we are to run into him. In Ephesians, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. Each piece of the armor of God is Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. He is our salvation. He is the shield of our faith. He is the word of God. He is truth. He is the gospel of on there. He is the righteousness. He, he is. And even there we're being told, hide in God and he will protect us. So all of this, we're his workmanship and we're created unto good works. God created us so that his works can come out of us. Not that we are to do the works, but he does the work and we get that credit. And those good works were from God, which God has before ordained. Now ordained is a word that a lot of people don't like, but it really means to be made ready beforehand or prepared for. God has prepared us for his service. God has prepared us for good works. He prepared us before the foundations of the world for the good works that he would do through us as he sanctifies and keeps us. He's the one that does the work. He brings us to God to be saved according to the word grace. He's the one that keeps us. He's the one that crucifies the flesh. He's the one that brings us forward so that we have to serve. He's the one that prepares us to serve. He's the one that gives us the words when we serve. He's the one that gives us everything. It doesn't mean we just sit around and do nothing. We prepare ourselves by getting into the Word of God. We increase our faith by getting into the Word of God. We read the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We come together with other Christians so that we can be prepared through the messages from other Christians. We listen to speakers teach the Word of God so our faith is built up so that we continue to grow. We've said it before, just walking into the building is not going to make you saved. Any more than standing in a car in a garage makes you a car. We can go to church all our lives and still end up in hell. We can read our Bible every day and still end up in hell because it is all Jesus. It is all Jesus. We can be a Christian and not go to church. We can be a Christian and, and not read the Bible. The only problem is we will be not growing. We will not have the growth that we need because it is the rest of the body that brings us up. We are to 
Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and so much more as we see the day approaching. Why do we need the body? Because we need built up. We need edification. We need to be taught a little more than what we can just learn on our own. Yes, the Holy Spirit will teach us in the Word if that's all we have. But the body is what brings us together. The body is how we express God's love. The body is where iron will sharpen iron. Yes, we'll have some conflicts, but yes, we're going to have God working out of us. And he's going to be using those people to chip off the hard edges off of us. Those little angry things, those problem areas. And we want to see God work. We want to see him work through us. And this is what this verse is all about. For by grace are we saved by through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We need, and the challenge today is if you do not know Jesus Christ, come to him. Just admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I deserve the punishment for sin. I believe that Jesus paid that price. Come into my life. You said that prayer and really, truly mean it. You're saved. And we have a booklet that we can give you. If you just will let me know, I'll get this booklet to you. It'll give you a good foundation to start your new life. Please accept it. And if you are a Christian in this room, and most of you are, we're going to ask you, live the God's grace. Rest in his faith. Rest just rest because he has finished the work it is his grace that has finished everything and you need to live in him you need to be desiring him you need to follow him stand up live in a way that draws people grab grab hold of god grab hold of his love grab hold of his grace because he wants to love you he wants to have you live a life that draws people be bold be courageous open your mouth share the gospel with people and go out and serve. Lord, we just thank you. We ask that you guide and lead. We ask that you use these words to grow people. Help them be strong. If there's any that need you, help them come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.